0: We'll now open our Bibles and read from John chapter 11, page 897. We'll read verses 1 to 37. The text, the sermon is mostly focused on 33 to 37. And I'm dividing the sermon on John 11 into two parts. So The first focusing on Lazarus' death and its connection to Jesus' death. And the second on Easter morning, focusing on the resurrection of Lazarus and what that teaches us about Jesus' resurrection. So we'll read now John chapter 11, starting at verse 1. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, life-threatening illness, it's an awful thing. It brings incredible stress to our lives that are already full of many challenges. The illness makes us think of death, and as we face our own death, or the death of our loved ones, we as church, we realize how blessed we are to know that Jesus died to pay for our sins. Pay for our guilt before the Father. Death is already such a deep sorrow that after all these years of death being around, we still never get used to it. We never forget it. Imagine facing death without the comfort that we as Christians have. Ever since Adam and Eve rebelled against God in paradise and brought upon themselves the curse of their creator, Father, that he had warned them about, mankind has had to suffer from death. The history books are full of, of death, of, of the wars that brought thousands of young lives to their end. Most countries in the world today have been adding to the death toll by aborting thousands of babies in the womb. Death is all around us. Seems like we're always fighting it. It hurts. It stings. And although we hate it, we also know we don't have the ability to avoid it. We read in John 11 that thousands of years ago our Lord Jesus saw the suffering caused by the death of someone he loved. He loved very much. It's mentioned twice. He knows what we go through. And John tells us that he was deeply moved. He wept. Lazarus' death happened just a little bit before Jesus' own death. In fact, as the disciples so glumly reported, Jesus' trip to Bethany would bring Jesus right into the hands of his enemies. He would have to give his life for the life of Lazarus in more ways than one. And Although John 11 is mostly known for the raising up of Lazarus, which we will also look at on Easter Sunday, it's important to notice that there are actually more verses describing the, the suffering and the death then the miracle, in, starting in verse 39. And that lead up teaches us, it shows us how much we need the cross of Jesus Christ and how much Jesus' death on the cross changes your life your suffering and your death. John shows us that the death of Lazarus called to the Lord Jesus. It ushered him along to the cross to finally solve the age-old problem of death once and for all. And I preach you the gospel that Jesus did solve the problem of death under this theme. Our Lord's death gives hope to all who suffer from death. We will see that Jesus wept to see the curse of death among us. And secondly, Jesus died to break the grip of death upon us. The Holy Spirit tells us in verse 33 that when Jesus saw Mary weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And you can see a little one underneath the words deeply moved. It's a footnote. That points us to the bottom of the page that indicates that the word indignant, he was indignant, is an equally defensible defensible translation. And it certainly fits the view that God has as he sees his beloved suffering as a result of the curse. What made Jesus so troubled and so sad? Our Lord Jesus, he looked around, and all around him, he saw the the horrible ravages that the fall into sin had caused. He saw the despair, the possible unbelief of the Jews, the, the weeping of the sisters and the brother who was not there to comfort them because he had died. Jesus was indignant with all that the devil had done as enemy of God since the fall into sin. He felt very deeply how sin was the source of all misery endured by the helpless ones that he was seeing around him. You could see at the beginning of our chapter that that Mary and Martha, they sent to Jesus, who was in a town about a four-day journey away from where they were in Bethany. We could find that out by reading the end of chapter 10. And the message, message came It said, Lord, he whom you love is ill. We may remember receiving a, a similar phone call or a text message. And when that comes, you feel so far away. You feel so unable to help in, in any way. And the Lord Jesus knew about those difficult decisions that we often have to make. Should you go now and and, and see your loved one right away, or, or should you stay? When is the right time to leave? All those questions you never thought you would have to ask, Jesus knew. In how many ways we have to suffer because of illness and death. Even when he knew that Lazarus' illness would not lead to death, at least... For very long, as we read in verse 4. And even though he knew that he would go to awaken him, as we read in verse 11, so that Lazarus could rise again, as we read in verse 23, Jesus still wept in sorrow. In verse 35, a special word for weeping points to tears. There were tears running down his face when he saw how God's children suffered under the curse of death. Even though he had reminded Martha of the guarantee of the resurrection on the last day for all who believed in him as son of God, this did not stop him from feeling the pain of his children when they had to face death in their lives. And brothers and sisters, we see then that our Lord Jesus was was not like an emotionally neutral and unconnected sacrificial animal that was passively placed on an altar for our sins. But he was a loving, understanding, suffering servant high priest who was willingly and voluntarily offered himself as the sacrificial lamb of God because he was troubled and he was grieved by sin. And he knew that he was the only solution. When Jesus finally started on his journey to Bethany, we we read in the beginning verses as well, he he went with disciples who were very afraid. It must have saddened, we can imagine, the suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ to to hear the the concerns of his disciples about his safety. They wished he could stay safe. They they wished he would stay away from, from that cross in the regions of Galilee. They were afraid of Jesus' enemies. They were afraid of death. They wished that God's will for Jesus and his disciples would be different. The effect of the fall into sin and the curse of death were visible in their hearts, in their questions, in their doubts. And and Jesus saw it as he had to convince them to go along and, and to support him as he made his way to Jerusalem and again even as his disciples were trying to stop him from going to the cross to save them, the Lord Jesus suffered. It was a cruel twist that made his own journey to the cross even more difficult. Even his disciples didn't understand. And he says in verses 9 to 10, if anyone, or are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because the light is not in him or the light Because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. The Lord Jesus teaches his church that when we walk in obedience to God's will and to God's plan, then nothing can go wrong. We will not stumble. Even though Jesus was living in the last hours of daylight, the daylight of his life, he would keep going. He would keep going as long as it is light, as long as he was in the world because he is the light of the world. We are comforted to see that the Lord Jesus Christ who died on a cross for our sins, he went willingly. He went willingly because of his love for his people. Although he had a thousand reasons to say no, which his scared disciples were eager to point out, It was his Father's will that he should begin already then to feel the the weight of the curse of sin, to feel the the mockery of his Father, the unbelief of his disciples before he would bear the full weight on the cross. The anger of God against his Son who bore our sins was a mocking and a searing and a complete anger. Anger. And the Lord Jesus felt the weight. John tells us that Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus so that we don't think he was unkind by delaying his journey to Bethany until after he had heard that Lazarus had died. Not that it would have made a big difference, For Lazarus, if Jesus had arrived two days after his death instead of the four that it took him to make the journey, but Mary and Martha, they they ran out to meet him with the same question. If only you had been here, our brother would not have died. It was their way of expressing their, their pitiful desire for things to have gone differently. You see, death always seems to do that to us. How many only ifs run through the heads of those who suffer from the pain and the curse of death. Oh, how we wish that our loved ones could be with us in in good health and strength again. Like Mary and Martha, we so often wish things could, could be different. And our Lord Jesus doesn't rebuke Mary and Martha because he understands that desire. He understands their suffering. But he also says words that remind them that the problem in the world is much more serious than just the death of their friend, their brother. When we look at his words, we realize, wouldn't it have been better if they came and said, Lord, please destroy the power of death forever? The curse of God against the sin of the human race requires a much greater solution than raising Lazarus from the dead. And as Jesus points Martha to the hope of the resurrection, he he urges her to believe that he can do much more than just ensure that Lazarus will rise again. And he teaches us, brothers and sisters, to, to have our desire on the fullness of the work of God because sometimes our desire to have things differently or to see God do things differently than he ordained, it can actually blind you. It can actually obscure your vision of God's greater work in the world. Jesus asked Martha if she believes that he can destroy death completely she declares the powerful truth that Jesus is the Son of God who has come into the world. In Hebrews 2 verse 14, we read, Jesus was the Son of God who came into the world and took on human flesh so that through death he could destroy the one who has the power of death. Martha could know, she could trust That Jesus Christ did not leave the glory that he had with his Father in heaven to come down to this earth for some temporary solution, some quick fix. But he came to solve the root problem of all suffering and for all people, once and for all. Walking in the light of God's will. Doing what God had ordained for him to do, which far exceeds all the expectations of the most desperate mourner in in the history of the world, Jesus' troubled spirit and his grief prepare him for his own death on the cross. There's two emotions that John highlights, Jesus' grief and Jesus' outrage. And grief remains a mere sentiment If there is no outrage, an outrage without grief hardens into self-righteous arrogance and irritability. But the two together, this grief and this outrage with sin, it drives our Lord Jesus Christ, our high priest, to action, to the best and most complete solution of all. Jesus saw the fear of his disciples for the enemies of the church. He saw and heard about the the death of his friend Lazarus. He heard Martha's faith in an unseen hope and saw the tears of Mary who who fell down before him begging for him to do something. And he saw it all as cries coming to his throne saying, Lord, help us. And he knew that the only way to save the world from the curse of God against sin was to satisfy God's wrath. And he knew the only way to help his beloved children was to take that curse of death upon himself. Although he hated sin that caused such suffering and grief. He knew that he had come into the world to take the blame for it all, to put it on his own shoulders so that God could punish him for us and in our place. Jesus died to break the grip of death upon us. As we read in John 11, and as we're reading in John 11, It doesn't take us long to recognize that Jesus was not a victim of circumstances that were out of his control. Our Lord Jesus knew even before Lazarus died that he would be awakened and he would rise again. He waited until Lazarus' death so that he could arrive at the tomb four days after his death when no one could doubt that Lazarus was dead and actually his body would begin to decompose. The Lord Jesus was not being manipulated to come by his friend's request. He waited. Nor hindered to go by by the danger of the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem. He went. But he was following God's eternal and sovereign plan. The Lord Jesus knew how important this sign would be for his loved ones So we read in verses 5 and 6, because he loved Mary and Martha, he didn't go right away. And we read in verses 15 and 16, he was glad for the sake of the disciples that Lazarus was dead. Why was the weeping high priest glad that Lazarus had died? Jesus' first answer is that Lazarus' death would bring glory to God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. It's in verse 4. Lazarus' death would serve as a prophecy and a declaration that Jesus Christ had the power to overcome death so that the church would believe in Jesus Christ and share in the benefits of his death. You have John 11 so that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. The Lord Jesus' announcement of for him, the announcements of Lazarus' death and, and the need to go to Jerusalem, it meant his hour had come. And then, when our Lord Jesus is there and he, and he looked at the, the tomb of, of Lazarus, it served as a stark reminder of his own impending death, the tomb that he would be placed in just a, a few days afterward. Jesus knew what was coming as we read this in John 19. He knew that he would be betrayed. We read it all, after being betrayed by Judas, our Lord was denied, and he was abandoned by his own disciples, and then the Jewish rulers handed him over to the Romans to be crucified. And with every flog of the whip against his back, he felt the anger of God against the sin that man had committed to cause the suffering of his friends. The false crown and the robe they, they made him wear as they spit on him and, and mocked him for saying that he was king of the Jews, it brought a shame and a misery that far outweighed the curse that was far outweighed by the curse of his own father, who turned his back on him and left him in utter darkness. Could not he who healed a man blind from birth come down from the cross? Could not he who had authority over life and death have saved himself even as his enemies were taunting him to do? The Lamb of God would face it all as he became the innocent sacrifice who bore the anger of God against the sin that had caused such suffering and misery. Why? was the Lord Jesus there on the cross, John 11 tells us, because he loved his sheep. He was there because he loved those who were entangled in sin and felt in in, in despair because of death. Jesus gave his life to keep his promise to Martha that there will be a resurrection on the last day. He would pass through death as a substitute. And so when Jesus heard that Lazarus had died and knowing what he was going to face there in Jerusalem, surrounded by unbelief and by doubt and by danger and by death, he knew that there would be no easy way out if he truly loved those people around him. As the well-known theologian and commentator John Calvin so beautifully writes about the translation, verse 38, he says, Christ does not approach Lazarus' sepulcher as an idle spectator, but as a champion who prepares for a contest. The violent tyranny of death, which he had to conquer, is placed before his eyes. Indeed, the great comfort of this passage that we praise God for and that we commemorate on this day is that our Lord Jesus knowingly and willingly placed himself under this same curse, though he had done no wrong, not even Pilate could find anything wrong with him. When John put Lazarus' death immediately before Jesus' death in the narrative of the gospel, the Holy Spirit forces us to to compare the two so that we understand how powerful Jesus' death really was. And then we see it, don't we? Lazarus' death was the death of a helpless sinner who had nothing to do, was, not unable, was unable to stop it, who left this wake of, of tears, and, and his death just added more sorrow to this life of sorrows. As much as anyone wished or tried, his death could not be avoided for the, the curse of God against his fallen creatures. It ran too deep. As a sinner, Lazarus received what he deserved. Jesus, however, was innocent. Jesus voluntarily walked to his death in Jerusalem. Jesus bore the wrath of God for the sins and and the deaths and the misery in the world that he did not cause. He wasn't guilty for the tears of Mary and Martha. They were. He did nothing to be blamed for the hatred and unbelief of the Jews that caused his disciples such fear. They were. He wasn't responsible for the death of Lazarus. Lazarus was just receiving what he deserved for sinning against the Most High Majesty of God. But Jesus... Who was innocent? He bore the wrath of God. He bore the blame. He bore the punishment. Lazarus' death doesn't change anything for you. But because the Son of God took on human flesh, because he died on the cross, for your sins, today I can declare to you that whoever believes in Jesus Christ will never be punished for their sins, because Jesus already has been punished for you. Jesus' death on the cross is the only death in the history of the world that brought benefits. For everyone who believes in him. And then we see that our Lord Jesus' death changes your death. It changes it from being a punishment and payment for sins. And it changes it into a door. A door that you need to pass through. No wonder Jesus said that the dead Lazarus was just sleeping we use the same language today in our faith. We say that so-and-so, our beloved, has fallen asleep because we know that death is a door. We know that they will go to the other side and they will see their victorious Lord. they waiting for them. When Jesus died on the cross, he broke the grip of death, the curse. He died for us. He died in our place because he loved us. That's why we call today Good Friday. Amen.